like stuff that like I listened like I I didn't know the early albums too great, but like once you get to Civil War, on in, like I knew that shit. So it was kind of like, mm. I listened to the first stuff all excited, and then I got to the stuff I knew and was like, oh yeah, I know this. <laughs> <laughs> like I've heard this before. I picked this. <laughs> it's a good discography. I'm glad you picked it. I I mean I yeah, I fun. this is one of those electronic groups that. I don't know I how I don't know them. Like I'm aware of them, but I wasn't I'd never really listened to it. So I mean, fuck, let's just Hey everybody, hey you fucking music snobs, <laughs> you fucking dipshit pieces of fucking tasteless brain dead fucks. It's you is it worse fucks. than three eleven? Fuck fuck fuck. Great intro. We're talking Heck about yeah. Motmos. We're just going right into it. Is it pronounced Motmos? I don't know. What's Matmos. Pronu- what's Motmos, Matmos? I don't know. Matt- Matt Moss, Matt well, Moss, whatever, however they pronounce it in the movie, I would assume. Uh, yeah, which Barbarella. I Barbarella. Yeah, I should have looked that up. Yeah. I've watched that. <laughs> I've watched the movie. I'm pretty sure I watched it not long ago. Oh, actually. I've seen it. It's just been it's been a while. Been a while. It's it's not like a movie that you put on to like take in. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like it's on. It's in the background. There's not a plot. It's just Barbarella running around being blonde. <laughs> Cult classic, in, right? In space, yeah, sure is. I don't know if I've ever seen it. I've always meant to, but I I think it's like she's like a like a space traveler, like solo fighter person that goes to fight like a like an emperor or something. It's been maybe, so long, dude. <laughs> maybe oh she gets kidnapped. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's it's an excuse for her to run around on like elaborate space settings in skimpy clothes with uh but like skimpy isn't like Sensible. 60s skimpy where it's like cones yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> instead of like low cut it's <laughs> right, every everything in that movie looks like they're about to break out into like bad body paint and like 60s spinning cameras <laughs> you know, cut scenes fucking swirl in it's amazing it's it's it is what it is uh, Motmos. Sounds that's, great. That's where they. That's where they get their band name. Their duo. The duo name. It's a duo. Electronic experimental. Electronic. Wikipedia. Labels, They're a couple. Labels them. Are they? That's cute. Yep. That's really cute. Huh. Uh, labels them as electronic experimental glitch ambient techno IDM post industrial. Sure. That all <laughs> sounds appropriate. Yeah. Those are things. <laughs> This is this, uh, we're talking about MC Schmidt and Drew Daniel. Couple, huh? That's cute. one of them's a PhD, dude. Like, and is like a teacher at Johns Hopkins, like the English department or something. They're pretty impressive people, considering they're bizarre, drug fueled, fucking cut up noise collage electronic music that they make over and over and over and over again oh my god it's so good also is it music half the time that's the thing is for me (laughs) this band is like it really interesting and challenging because like they'll they'll give you some like melodic beautiful shit 
and like really calm and, and like interesting and like almost dancey sometimes. And then all of a sudden it will just completely change, drop out. It'll just be like squeaks and squeals and dissonance and like really fast drum things that are looping. And then it's like the, all the music, where, what happened to the melody? Like, where's the music? Where did it go? It like drops out of the like sky and just like crazy rhythms there. A fascinating band. Uh, right a from band, the, I don't know if you can call them band. From the get-go, this band is uh, pretty comfortable with, with getting kind of goofy. You know, if you listen to the... I don't know if either of you heard the first The Lo-Fi album, like self-released demo tape thing. Uh, right. I don't... It's got a not the self-titled, not Matmos, Matmos. The one no, no, like, before what? that. It's like ninety. Oh, shit, no. It's like ninety-six, ninety-five, something like that. Uh, that one has a bit in it that's that's it's just like talking about marijuana. So you take uh, something like marijuana makes you think differently, or think 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 like it keeps like repeating marijuana, mar like that's just goofy, you know? That's goofy, like. Yep. Ha <laughs> ha! In the gutter, jokey shit, and they've they've kind of always had just a little bit of that, like uh, like Weird Al and his fart noises, fucking the Motmos is there was there was probably a few farty noises in there that I heard that were like kind of cool though. <laughs> you know, I mean, and we're yeah. probably actually farts. That they that, sample weird things. Yeah. That's, that's their, I think that's what they're famous for. That's is their whole shtick. Weird things. Um, that that's that's that is it right there. That's Motmos. They 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 <laughs> sample things and they make entire albums based on what they're sampling. Almost. There the I mean not to jump too far ahead, but like well I didn't when I read when I read about them one one of their famous pieces is they sample like shearers buzzer buzz clippers basically from right a, right from a haircutting place and like clipper sounds and things and made them into music and it's just like what no one does that and that's cool that they do that i mean it stands out it, it, it makes you want to analyze the music more it's like you want to you want to listen to everything that. happening it's sure, not that nobody sure. but nobody does it quite to the extent that they do it and in 1997 when they make their first album their first actual like debut album not their their demo cassette the self-titled motmos uh when they're doing that, this is these are techniques. These are recording techniques that were done by like seventies experimental prog rock artists. You know what I mean? This is we're talking like like Pink Floyd's Uma Guma, fucking grooving in a cave with a picked. It's just animal samples looped over and over again, right? And it's like that's it's that level of stuff. It's like going back to that to that idea instead of just being like. Straight up, here's our 808 and our fucking synthesizer that we set up with an arpeggiator. Though there is some of that stuff. Absolutely. It, mm -hmm. it, it is going back more towards the, the like 60s, 70s idea of using a sample and using it almost like as a percussive instrument or something like that. that that's what kind of sets them apart and sets their sample usage apart. Well, it's so heavy, though. Them. Like, it's like a whole song everything can have like yeah. six or seven <laughs> literally unique. the entire song <laughs> but but like it can be six and a half minutes and go through like three phases and if you're not paying attention you might miss the fact that they just used um someone you know scrubbing paint off of or like chipping paint off the fucking wall like that's yeah. the sound they chose or like 
sounds that seem like like there's a, there's a track that sounds like a tree is falling and they just keep looping it cracking in the wind it's just like interesting choices that like i really think there's a lot of that going on and maybe more so than some most artists tend to lean into uh, maybe not so much on this first album this first album is a little more geared towards being electronic like late 90s electronic afexy yeah, yeah yeah but even more straightforward than like afx not afx afx mm, you know yeah. the, the like minimal mm-hmm. like discs that richard d james made uh, yeah. that more just like house based, techno based, based though. It's not necessarily that music, but it, it gets, it's more in, in that area. It's less of the experimental, even though it, it definitely sets a standard. It sets, uh, what this band's going to sound like in the future, how they're going to go about making their music. This one just seems a little more straightforward. In, yeah. In line of being like, well, we're electronic artists, you guys, here we are at the electronic show. We're going to play with other electronic artists and we make electronic music with like, you know, we got some drums, we got some synthesizers, <laughs> but I mean, so there's a song in the middle or maybe two or three in called, it's like an ellipsis and silver light popped in my eyes. It's 18 minutes long. Right. And it like the sounds in that, in that it's like super dark and creepy. It sounds like they're like wood chipper, like keys jangling and coins in a pocket. Like at one point, it's almost like there's an alarm sound that's like w- kind of fading in and out in the background. And eventually they, they disperse, you know, and then it comes in and it'll be like really percussive and, and bassy. And then, you know, like, I don't know, it's like electronic metal bugs, like chirping in the background, almost like crickets. Like there's just, they just do a lot of cool layered things. And I know that other, obviously like Aphex Twin has always been known for his like incredibly erratic, super fast drum shit. That's like, and that Bucephalus bouncing ball and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, there's clearly people doing like this kind of thing at that time, but it just felt like their choices were a little more unique and they stand out to me. Like, in even just throwing an 18 minute track in the middle of a seven song disc on your first album long yeah (laughs) it's like sort of like an adventurous step like i said this entire album is like this is what this band's gonna do i'm so glad that they introduced it this way (laughs) yeah and like the breathing sounds on schluss the song schluss it's just like (sighs) and it's like someone's like you know having like like desperate breathing i love that shit like that i mean like that decision it's so eerie they're creep they're creepy it's creepy like it's their creepy. music tends to air on the side of like being almost like uh Africa. horror film sometimes yeah it's so disturbing but it's it, pleasant or, in, in or its like, own right yeah or like deranged you know like slightly insane in some degrees like there's always something about it that like maybe it's not creepy but maybe it's just not as happy as the melody that's playing with it seems or yeah something like 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 there's a lot of contrast and a lot of tension in this it's scene. it's an intentional dissonance that like makes you feel out of like out of body like your skin makes your skin crawl a little bit but, you know with, and back to them using samples that are uh, organic and very natural sounding and using them in this kind of music makes it even more uh, uncanny valley to some degree because it's almost like electronic, but then you've got all these like natural sounding sounds. And sometimes they're like, it's not like these guys take a sample and just loop it. Like some people do Mm. like, like it, like, like you said, there'll be like a breathing, like a, (gasps) 
And like it'll go on for a loop and it'll create a rhythm, but then sooner or later you might realize that it's like going like uh, 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 like it changes. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like they managed to make it change enough and subtly enough where it, it sounds like it's played. Uh which is is really cool for electronic music. Um It's not easy listening. So that's another note in like in the, the grand scheme of their discography. And in, in starting with this, is like every once in a while, like I believe the first track on this album sort of is music, I wanna say. I say music this is when I say this, I'm gonna just clarify this because I'm gonna keep saying this throughout this fucking podcast. When I say music, I mean like obviously pop music, like chords, melodies, like things you expect from music. Like a lot of times it's more just like really primal rhythmic shit and in drum sounds and noises that are like, like you say, breathing that becomes the rhythm section along with another sample of something creaking or someone dropping a pair of keys down the stairs. Like seriously, that seems like what they're doing. Um, and that to me is like almost not music, you know, it's like, it's theatrical in a way and it's performative, but it, it almost feels like art as opposed to something that I'm listening to for pleasure. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, well, I, I I think half of their thing there too is to what you're what you're calling music. What we were what we're probably referring to is like a set, uh, repeated, rhythmic composition. Uh, a lot of their their pieces go from this like a- abstract sampling, like hey, look how weird we made this sound, or listen to these keys that are now keys that are going they have a a tendency to build in like take a noise and build it into a rhythmic structure that actually would would play as music and then fall out of that And and that does also make it difficult because sometimes like if you're just putting on a track and it starts off with just keys going that turns into clicking. There's a lot of songs where the rhythm tracks start sounding like clicking. Just like like so many hectic frenetic. Yeah. Like little pin drops happening over and over again. Where people like like it's like a like an entire fucking kindergarten classroom full of kids hitting the desk <laughs> with popsicle sticks. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like a or spoons or something, or just like something they have in their hand, yeah. They get there a lot. Uh, and it's because of the organic sounds that they're using, I'm sure. But that's so. Uh, th- so we're on the first album, but the second album, Quasi Objects, right? I think is like yes, this moment, and I think it has the best. It's maybe one of my favorite songs, and one of the best examples of their use of like bizarre sampling. But like the very first song on that album, "Stupid Fanbaloo," which is a hilarious, dumb name. <laughs> But obviously, it also is the sound. I think it's meant to be the sound of a balloon, right? Fan, stupid fan yeah. balloon is like him blowing up the balloon. And that whole song is just a balloon being sampled mm-hmm. the entire time. It's incredible. It's the best song I think that they ever made, only because at some point it does go into the music and drops into this sort of freaky. It's not circus. It's like dance circus music <laughs> that's out <laughs> after that's like breathing in sounds and blowing up balloon sounds. And things like burp. But I know that that's just a sound that he's tweaking that's maybe someone breathing in air into a balloon, and I'm just like, this shit is dope. That song was, like, what made me be like, I'm, this whole discography's gonna be no problem for me. <laughs> like, that's what these guys are doing, you know? Yeah, but well, I, it's, it's... They also, like, they're not gonna ruin their song with singing. They're not gonna sing at you in a way where you're gonna be like, oh, that was bad. 
You won't be able to, like even even when the lyrics are weird, the song like the it it's it's fitting because everything's so bizarre and weird. It doesn't matter what's being said, really, when they use like a vocal sample. So, uh, yeah, it's it's it it is just instrumental that you can sort of just put on and like breeze through, you know. Oh, I, all these I had just on in the background while working and things, just making and the room weird. It, well, to me, it didn't do anything crazy, but it was when my wife would pop in and be like, the fuck are you listening to? And it's like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. It, it, This is pretty cool, actually. What, this? Oh, I I think that's a a sample of a 70s record uh, skipping with a cat meowing but pitched to make make the, the, the song happen um and some kind of bass i think that's what i'm listening to tight <laughs> it's like it's all it feels like bugs like their rhythms feel like bugs crawling around in a wall a lot of times it's like it's just like unsettling in that way like you can hear something behind the wall and you and it's a lot of things <laughs> like it's a lot of something's happening like just out of sight so you can hear it slightly it's just like so unsettling i i feel like these first couple albums though maybe the not not really the third but the first two especially i feel like they are and they come back to this too i feel like there is a bit of a struggle for them between do we want to go full art noise weird or do we want to actually play a song? Do we want to make an electronic song? And they they kind of push back and forth. I feel like this this second album was kind of a reaction to the idea of of their first one being this like heavily sampled uh, electronic thing that maybe the the musicality of it wasn't necessarily musical instruments. So they came into this next one being like, okay, let's I don't know, break out the banjo. Let me at least sample the banjo for a second. Let's get some real instruments that we sample and put in here, you know? Like, try also, to actually, like, keep it at, like, six minutes, five minutes, six minutes. <laughs> but also, the banjo song sounds like a sitar. Like, the sample doesn't sound like the... It's just... That's what they do, too. It's like, it doesn't even sound like the instrument it's supposed to sound like, which is an intentional choice they're making. That's like, wh- why, dude? Like, so, but I mean, I, I like it, but I still wonder, like, man, this is such a bizarre decision. And so I'm, I don't I'm know, this album is still pretty weird. I gotta tell you, because I didn't make any notes for this one. I don't remember listening to The West. I don't remember it. It was on YouTube. You had to get it on YouTube, so you might have missed it. Um, the West is is interesting because that one, to me, seems a little more musical than the other ones. And it's like has sort of like samples of like um instruments more than it is like found effects you know like found sounds i feel like there's still obviously a lot of their like drum stuff um because they'll never not do that but like there's like a looping guitar type of sample in there that's sort of interesting and melodic and i say melodic because often they're not um but it's 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 more laid back. It feels more like the books, like as a reference to another band, uh, at times, which oh. is saying a lot because they don't normally. I like. I don't think they sound like the books. 
I think they do sound like the books, but not uh, with the style that they're doing. It's well, like, like if, you know what I'm saying, though, right? Like, yeah, if but, the books decided they wanted to get a little more obscure and difficult to listen to, and and play some <laughs> music that that wasn't quite as relaxing as theirs usually is, or atmospheric. Uh, I, but I feel like I feel like. Uh, Books are uplifting and tend to have more instrumentation that's like melodic and up up upbeat, I guess, like major keys, mm-hmm. and that like they have a tendency to stay away from that. But they're and they have that like really kind of glitchy fast like looping of a of a chord that's like almost bouncing back and forth between the same sound. And that there's some of that on West the West, which I don't feel like they do a lot of throughout their career. Sure, sure. So in the first three albums, this one sort of stuck out. And I wonder why it's not on Spotify, because they only were on two labels, in my understanding. So the fact that it's not there makes me wonder if that's their choice. But huh, I enjoyed it. It's an interesting album. It's worth listening to. If you guys yeah, do. I, I, I must have missed it. I feel yeah, like I, I listened to it, though. I know I missed it. It was definitely not on Apple Music, so. Huh. Weird. Uh, I have to skip back. Turn right well, back. It's, well, anyways. It's, it's different from the other ones. I would say that, like, as a listen, in the first three, it has a tendency to be, more uh, to me, more normal of an electronic album. Okay. For them. So. All right. Well, and that, that also kind of fits in line with what I was just saying. With their earlier stuff does seem to have a bit of a, a struggle between where are we putting the art and where where do we become music right uh, no yeah absolutely i think that that's i think that's an important point you made but but then going into 2001 is when they finally uh just say fuck it and go full on concept album <laughs> so good uh a chance to cut is a chance to cure and it's all samples of medical procedures yeah wow yeah, wonderful. It still sounds like Motmos. It still sounds like them. It's it's still there. They they don't ever like it's 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 not like you put it on and you're like, "Oh, that's grotesque." What the fuck is that? You know, like you would think when someone says that it's they're sampling medical procedures, you would think that it would be gross. But somehow it doesn't totally come off as gross. This no. is also the one they use clippers and stuff too like the like hair buzzers and stuff yeah that's what threw me for a loop was same concept like oh i was gonna especially when uh listening to it around my kid i was like oh god it's gonna be like some kind of crazy metal album where it's just like obviously like cutting sounds and whatnot but yeah they did everything pretty yeah you know like drills and like stuff like that but no they are expecting ministry (laughs) Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, it wasn't like that. It was really, again, every time they do something very interesting, like, whoa, okay. But This one starts off with Lipo Studio, and it ends, in, I, and it's there's an ellipsis in the name of its Lipo Studio and so on, and at the end of the track, I think it's the stand-up part of the track, and it's all these people saying... Something to the effect of, I believe it's, I don't know how it fits, and so on. And, like, at, there's all these different voices saying, and so on, while these, like, buzzing clipper sounds. Like, that, because I read about the fact that they were using those samples, I started paying attention the second time through. Um, and it's, like, 
they literally make the buzzers sound like a key. So it's in key and it sounds like heavenly angelic music, but it's literally someone's buzzers that they're using on a haircut. And it's and these people are just in all these different accents. They're all speaking in English, but they all have very different accents. And clearly that's, some of them are foreigners and they're like, and so on. And it's just like so part interesting. That makes me feel like I'm listening to the books. Yeah. Yes. When that shit happens, when they when they use the vocal samples and and like a natural sounding thing, that's when I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the books, right? But comparably on the same album, another standout track to me was Spondy, and that one is the woman going hot dog, massage parlor, <laughs> yeah, birthday cake, and it's yes. like a like it'll be somebody hitting a spoon into a bowl for a sound effect, and then the rooster crowing, and then like all these sounds are happening as she's saying the words, and then she repeats the list again, and it keeps building on that. Like that's not like the books. The books wouldn't do that, and it was like super weird. And also, it's like a really flat sample, and why is she saying these random words? And like at some point, her vocal sample just becomes like like bouncing back, and it's not even words anymore by the end of the track. But it was nonsense to begin with, so like that decision makes sense, and it's just like really neat. That that song is, I think, one of the best songs on the album as well. It's just so strange. All, and, all I remember is California rhinoplasty's way too long. Yeah. That's all I really remember. Not in a bad way. It's just long. I feel like they're... I, I don't know if they do... I like their long tracks, but I also don't know if they're always good. In, in that, like, they yeah. go on too long, like, what are you doing? Because plenty of their songs, the, the magic of their music is that in a five-minute song, you can be like, am I still in that song? Like, they have these sort of transitions that, like, seamless, it makes sense, it feels it feels normal, but, like, you know, you don't, you're not, nowhere near where you started by the time you end, you know? So, what's a 25-minute song with a band that does that in three-minute songs? You and know what and I mean? with, with songs that, like, there's multiple times in Motmos albums, especially with the way they use their samples and, and starts and stops, where it almost, you, you'll be like, oh, has the track changed? Oh, right. I'm, three, I'm yeah. three songs in. Oh, I thought this was still <laughs> that last song. But yeah. Here, here's a fun one. Uh, before we get to the next Motmos album, there was a point at which uh, the one guy dared the other guy, said he couldn't make a house record. And he said, fine, and made an album called The Soft Pink Truth. Um, uh, what's the first album called? Do you party? Something it, like that. It's all yeah. covers, right? It's all like no, not the first. Covers. No, the second not, one is. I thought. Yeah, the second one is the one that's all. Punk oh, covers. do you want new wave? Yeah, do that you one. party is the first one. I don't. I don't even. <laughs> it's like. Actually, I'm reading about this. Hold on, give me like two seconds here because it. Oh, yeah, it's followed up by all covers in 2004. But in 2002, they put out this thing that I don't... 2003, I guess. Same year as Civil War. Whatever. I... It was just like a... Like, all the dumb humor and all the, like, gross stuff that Motmos has loved. They just, like, took all that and put it all right into this fucking album and just made like a like just a not very good Motmos album. That's like like funny 
It's I mean the sorry. cover is like two dudes with like big dongs coming out of there like that's like, funny. Yeah, uh, and then the, uh, there's like dogs with heads. I mean, you know. Uh-huh. So I think they it looks like they have triple dick actually. Like they have three dicks. I don't know well, how they triple D, huh? <laughs> triple dick, dude. <laughs> But that same year, they put out the the actual band, not the Soft Pink Truth, put out Civil War, and this was one of the first exposures that I had to this band coming into it. Uh, lots of hurdy-gurdy and, like, bagpipes, marching drums. I, I don't... I didn't love this when I, when I was first getting exposed to, like, electronic music and EDM, IDM like independent dance music or beat music or whatever you want to call it. Glitchy stuff. Weird, trippy stuff. I heard this one was like, so it's bagpipes? We're on bagpipes and, and marching drums now? Fuck, why? But going back to it, I, I actually really... I've, I, I've always liked this album to some degree. It just kind of struck me as as strange. Especially coming from the people that I was told was like super experimental, and and then I I go to check it out, and the experimental that I'm getting is, you know, like world music instruments. It's also I mean, not as dead. Like it's not all just rhythm. Like so, it distinguishes itself from some of the earlier releases. Like you say, they're using like bagpipes and guitars and like marching drums, but like. It, it's like instruments <laughs> yes. as opposed to babies crying or whatever. And, and there, these instruments may actually even be playing some sort of leading line that follows through the song. That's crazy. Yeah. Which is not typical for them. <laughs> no, no, not, not at all. Uh, it has one of their most popular songs though. Four trees. Is apparently a, one of their most played songs. Yeah, one point three million um, listens, but all the rest of the album has like anywhere from eighteen thousand to twenty five or thirty. <laughs> Yeek, dude! Maybe, maybe I love this song. How did you come across this track and not listen to the rest of the album? Like Matt Most doesn't seem like a single producing machine. In fact, it doesn't seem like it's ever made a single ever. And not this once. is where streaming services get get like fucky though, and where like. People on Twitter get mad because I call Billie Eilish a one-hit wonder, even though she's only had one fucking song. Oh, on the charts, she got. If you look at her streaming, there's millions of people that listen to it. Like, yeah, that's great. How does that change the fact that she only has one really big song and like a few other minor hits that nobody else really cares about, other than Billie Eilish fans? You know, like what, what, what? Yeah. Whoa, but she almost got to number one in New Zealand. Whoa. Oh, she spent a week at, at number four with this song. Oh, a whole week at number four with that song. That's great. You think I care? Do you remember that <laughs> song or did you have to look it up? You had to go look it up, didn't you? You had to go look up what song was at number four for one week in order to tell me that Billie Eilish is not a one-hit wonder. <laughs> You could change my mind. She can have more hits, but th- this is this is where that's that's like because all of a sudden it, you don't have to listen to the album. You just share that one link, or you can just take right. that one song and put it in a playlist. Yeah. And now everybody that listens to that playlist hears Four Trees, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I listened to that one Spotify playlist that had 
Justin Bieber, and then there was this weird song in the middle that I'd never heard <laughs> by a, a Matt Moes. Songs that make me smile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> happy songs to be happy to. <laughs> it's my happy songs to be happy to playlist. The third. Uh, number three. That's what that means. Hey, can you put on? Right now. I, I, I really need to listen to my Sunday Walks playlist. Put that on. It's got this song by the Motmos twins. <laughs> the the Starts off with Al Greens and ends with Affix twines. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Fuck god damn it, wow. Also, I just want to point out if any of us want a successful song on a streaming platform, all you gotta do is pay. You just gotta pay the bots to listen to it, and you're there you go. And then it'll push the numbers up, and once the numbers go up, you fucking trigger the algorithm, and all of a sudden your fucking shit goes onto a playlist, and then all of a sudden you've got a million fucking plays on one of your fucking tracks. <sighs> Ding dang. Wow. Payola, motherfucker. It's real. Yeah. That's so just, sad. Just like the 70s. Fucking. Uh, so where are we at now? The rose has teeth in the mouth of the beast. I, I, uh, this was one I wasn't familiar with. I enjoyed this album. I was all about it, all into this shit. It was especially when, like, I didn't realize that there was a concept that every song is for a, a, uh, a homosexual artist. And, like, halfway through the thing, I was like, what is this about? <laughs> yeah, you know? I think I, I, think I got that, to uh, William S. Burroughs by the time I was asking the same question. Like, <laughs> it's when, like, wait, I think, what's going on here? I think the when the gunshot happens in the William S. Burroughs song was when I was like, oh, I see now. <laughs> I, I understand how that fits in. You're just like paying homage. I get it. Anony's <laughs> on this record. Anthony Johnson, Anthony Johnson, and Oh, that's cool. There's a huge She's, number of people on this. Semen song for James Bidgood is the one that she's on, <laughs> or they are on. I, maybe it's they. Uh, maybe maybe they go by they. Oh. Actually, uh, but yes. York's on this album. Fucking, uh, I saw somebody else. Where is it? Where well, is that it? was the period when they that well, was because they worked on Vespertine with her, right? They they yeah. worked on a couple mm-hmm. Bjork albums, which I'm pretty sure some of the really yeah, good they ones, did. and, they, and uh, I think obviously inspired some of her other stuff, like Biophilia. You can hear oh, some Matt Mosey stuff. Kill to see a Matmos Bjork Bjork tour. concert. Oh shit! Wow. Oh yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> that's some bullshit that I didn't see that. That's some bullshit that I didn't fucking. Uh, go see her just recently too in san fran i think she was in seattle oh she came to seattle okay so i I felt like she had like three shows or something and it was like la and san francisco but obviously seattle's in the the right coast maybe maybe it was san francisco i'm I'm not sure i i didn't go i didn't go (laughs) well it's just like i didn't i didn't go to uh i didn't go to the microphones either how was the microphones robert the microphones is really good. I thought that I hadn't listened to the most recent album, the microphones in 2020, like all the way through, but I was 
I had listened to some of their old, I listened to their older music, like the catalog, because this dude's been doing the microphones and he was Mount Erie, Phil Alvarum, if anybody knows. And uh, it's just like, it sounds like a song from one of the earlier albums, but like at, at one point, the, for the beginning is just him strumming maybe like three chords and like, like holding a sustained chord for like a long time, like a minute and a half and then switching to the next chord. Like it's very experimental in that, like you're being held at bay as like these two guitars are like not doing anything, but like playing these three simple chords and then switching to like big bass, like super loud, just like, when he's like shaking the bass and then he starts to sing and it's just like him, like singing about being the microphones back in the day and what it means to be alive. And like, he's going to die someday and shit like that. And I just, I laughed a number of times cause it's like too personal, you know, it's like yeah, hit the, sure. his lyrics are super personal and it felt like he was ad libbing come to find out that it's a record he wrote and it's a 45 minute song and that's just what it is. But to me, it felt like he was just freestyling <laughs> oh, and was like redoing one track that he really liked and was like, I'm going to fuck with this fan, my fan base and play one song. And then I was like, ah, no, it's just the record he did. So I felt sort of dumb, but I also laughed a number of times because I was just like, yeah. oh my God, I can't believe he just said that. Gotcha. gotcha. It was awesome, though. It was a really good show. I, it was I a really like, good show. like... He's always been kind of heavy-handed with his lyrics, and he just got more and more so, especially after A Crow Looked at Me. I mean, his and wife died. That his wife died, and it worked really well, though. Like, it, like it, was, it seemed like a very genuine album and everything, but after that, it was kind of like, oh, this is all real. Like, here's my heart. Fucking right on the record. Blah, there, it, blah, there it is. It's, it's, it's fine, though. Like, seriously... It's done better than a lot of people who write emotional sort of um, ob observational music. So, you know, some of it came off really hammy. And, like, I think the way Nancy described it is, like, I felt like I was listening to someone read their diary. And I was like, damn, yes. that's pretty accurate. But yes. also, like, sometimes diaries are cringe, you know? Yeah. Uh, so there were some moments where it's like, eek. But musically and and what they were doing is two guitarists on stage. Like they filled so much space with those two instruments cool. and like switch cool. between like an electric and an acoustic and a bass that, you know, that he was shaking and making loud. Like they did cool things, just the two of them. So, uh, yeah. real quick before we do go for it, I, I didn't really get to talk about the, uh, do you want new wave or do you want the soft pink truth and how much I hate it? <laughs> I just 100% fucking, can't stand that it's kind of funny it kind of made me laugh and stuff because we're kind of skipped it a little bit you know but i just need it has a cover of a crass song the crass song do they owe us a living and i despise it i just i fucking just fucking want to set that album on fire that thing <laughs> should only exist on like their band camp or like soundcloud or some shit you know for like deep cut for the real fans that just need it all can go get that soft pink truth album off of maybe like a website where they download a torrent. That's, that's all, all the, that's it. That's where it needs to exist. It can go fuck itself. <laughs> yeah, it was not good. <laughs> I, uh, I don't, I don't, I didn't, I don't, I didn't listen to much of the soft pink truth. I, well, the, when I was first introduced to that band, it was uh, through the cover of black metal by Venom. Which I fucking love that song so much, dude. That's such a dope ass cover. 
so good. Oh my god, that shit cracks me up, dude. Hate that shit too. Oh, I, I love it, too. man. I love it so hard. I went back and listened to the original. I have no, I have no horse in the race. I probably don't know most of these songs, so I went back and listened to the original. I was like, I'll take the cover easily. That, that one comes up in a couple of years here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But just saying, fucking the the next actual Motmos album. I, I, this one I found to be one of the easiest to listen to. Uh, Supreme Balloon. Back yeah, to the balloons. Yeah. This one's way... I think this is the the easiest one to listen to. It's the one that's returning to me using the word music to describe music, but it is the one like where there's like clear direction, melody, like along with percussion. I mean, there's still some of the experimental stuff they do, but this one is like very particularly melodic. The, the song... Supreme balloon. Oh, jeez, is a little much. <laughs> yeah, I, dude, that I was like, "Wait, what? You're 24 minutes long? Good God!" That was that was the point in which I think I posted it in chat too, where I was like, "Yeah, I listened to Tangerine Dream before too." Like, holy fuck, 24 <laughs> minutes of just if I I didn't know I was listening to an ambient album or cosmic space pop album. Yeah, they, I I for for a moment there, I actually had to. Like, like, because there was a couple tracks on here that had very similarity songs to uh, Minecraft's soundtrack. I don't know if you've ever played Minecraft. <laughs> uh, I'm not even yeah, joking. I can see that. I can to see that. To the point where I was like, wait, did him and that dude, like C418 or whoever, like, wrote the soundtrack? Did him and, like, was there any kind of, like, collaborate anything that I, like, because I was like, it was too fucking close. And then come to find out there's actually a mod for Minecraft called Motmos, but it's actually adds like environmental like noise. So I was like, well, this is a rabbit hole that's not going anywhere. <laughs> but that album yeah. was very entertaining to listen to. Very chill. Very like, uh, yeah, again, like as you guys said, very more on the musical side where it actually is something rather than. Just smashing just, shit in a uh, washing machine or something. You just reminded me that uh, fucking at work, there was this album playing. It was called, hold on, I got to find it. Uh, Love Trip by Takio Takako Mamiyami. Mamiya? Mamiya. Mamiya? I don't know. Uh, there's like Japanese like 80s pop album that I don't know if that's the album. It might have just been on a playlist, but like everybody at work was like, what is this? What is happening <laughs> right now? As as like the guy that put it on was like smiling and somebody else just goes, oh, it's the Mario Kart music. And then like the <laughs> dude that put it on just started laughing and shaking his head and like wasn't saying anything. And like everybody's like, is this is this the Mario Kart music like this is is this it and he was like no this is like an 80s japanese pop album but this is like what they were listening to that influenced yeah, that so, shit yeah. you know or but everybody was like are you sure can we look this up and see if that album was on the fucking mario kart soundtrack because i swear that's amazing it's funny yeah i mean i that, think Video game music's got to come from somewhere. I think that um, Perry did hit it on the nose, though. There's, like, Pac-Man effects in, like, track four. Uh, like, literally, I think it's Pac-Man effects on Exciter Land. No, 
Mr. Mouth or Exciter Lamp, one of those two. I was like, what? Is this Pac-Man? <laughs> and then also the entire album's bleep bloopy, like yeah. 8-bit, 16-bit video game music. And I, yeah. I was like, oh, all right, some 8-bit, like... If the Tetris theme had come on at any point during this album, I would have been like, "Yeah, that's right, sure, why not, dude? Make that it with like a midi, there. like like midi little midi beats, you know? Beep boop beep. I, it was very so that like was, eight bit eight bit midi beats. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like it, that's Perry's a hundred percent correct. That's the way I felt about that album. I was like, this is video game music, and yeah. it's the pretty good album. video game music. I don't know what video game it's for, you know? Which like. Uh, where it's coming from, but yeah. yeah. Well, that that funny, I don't know, trickly beat throughout that uh, Hashish Master one always cracked me up. It's like you're coming up on a boss level or something. <laughs> <laughs> boss fight. <laughs> boss fight music. Yes, dude. Uh, this uh, is more pleasant than that, though. This is like this is like uh, hallucinogenic Super Mario shit in my mind. Yeah. Mo- yeah. Well, at least some, most of it. There's a couple of tracks that are like, yeek. The two, three and four, track three and four, like, sort of don't fit on the album in that they're like more like Matmos and they are very percussive and they're very bizarre and eccentric. And the other ones are like, a cu- La Francais Follet is, it, that's, yeah, Le Fol- Folie Francaise, that song is a song. And they're just like, let's put it through bubble wrap and video game effects. Boom. See you later, you know? And, I, I appreciate this album along with the next album. I like the fact that there was this period where at least you get like a couple albums where you can be like, here's songs. Here's, <laughs> here's music. Here you go. Uh, All right. I told you this was a music project. Here's music. Because uh, going into the next one where they're with so percussion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like Treasure, Treasure State. State. This yeah, one was crazy. Right, yeah, but it's cool and yeah, it's like no, music. Like, it's good. I like it. I was sort of surprised by it. I was like, I, "Why are you guys doing this all of a sudden?" <laughs> it, it's not like unbelievable music. It's not like, "Whoa, write mom and dad and tell them that their ideas are all lies." <laughs> it's like just good. Nothing just, matters. Yeah, nothing matters anymore because Motmos made this album with So Percussion. <laughs> I'd have never heard anything else by So Percussion. I didn't even try. I should have, I guess. I didn't have a lot of time with this this one though. I wasn't sure where I wasn't sure where to reach for this, so I just stuck to the twelve discs. <coughs> I yeah. figured that that was like plenty of information about this band. That was all that I could squeeze in, man. Jeez. Well, it's interesting because I got to, like, the last two albums, and I was like, ha, this was easy, like, 45 minutes here, 45 minutes there, and then I looked at the Consuming Flame, and I was like, three fucking hours, you have got to be kidding me, dude. (laughs) Yeah, but I think that one... Not to skip ahead, but I was like, oh, I'm doing it, this is easy, this is a cakewalk, oh no, their whole discography, basically, in one album, but, yeah. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to that in just a right, second here because right. these next ones are easy. I'm just trying to stop myself from going into that because that happens. Yeah. <laughs> like, here's th- three hours. I'm, I was um, trying to skip ahead. I'm just saying that I was surprised by that, even uh, though I sort of knew it was coming. Treasure State's cool though. It's like the use of all the percussion stuff that I, I I just looked at so percussions 
discography and there's like Steve Reich stuff in there who's like, you know, minimalist abstract composer. 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 Like in uh it looked like they're his uh percussion backup. Oh cool thing on several things. But they got a ton of fucking releases and none of them have any uh entries. So, you know, there's no no Wikipedia write up that generally strikes me as like, hey, this shit's obscure. Uh, I mean, nobody, it was hard to find. That. There's only like a thousand listens per song on YouTube. Like, I had to go to YouTube to find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would. It's beautiful though. It's super. It's super heavenly, angelic. It's light. There's like nice bell sounds. They use like interesting like. <laughs> what like, the? I love the you know how track? I love them. Wi- wind chimes. The water track should be like, like in a spa. It's all like steel drums and like flowing water. <laughs> Dude, they, this is when they start flowing water too. Also, yeah, this album is probably where it starts because, like, I, I from here on out, it's like they're like obsessed with water. Um, but yeah, that those water effects well, are like interesting. Well, <laughs> someone's like plinging on a wind chime or a xylophone or something. The the concept for the next album, the the marriage of the minds or marriage of of true minds. Whatever the fuck, just I don't know, fucking dumb name. Uh, 2013 is what I'm talking about here, where the concept is that they took people and put them in sensory deprivation tanks, you know, like floating in water, fucking, and then tried to project the idea of new Motmo songs into their minds while they were in sensory deprivation so that these people could uh, uh, describe their experience to Motmo's. The experience of the new album that hadn't been made yet, that had been projected into their minds from the artist outside of the sensory deprivation tank while their their collaborators were in the sensory deprivation tank. Awesome. <laughs> That's some straight up goofy new agey shit right there. How do they say that that, that tracks? Like, <laughs> that sounds dead on for what you'd expect like a band like this. <laughs> and like you just listen to it it's like just another Motmos album it's kind of a, it's 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 pretty good it is a pretty good Motmos album it's got a it's still got some musicality to it teen paranormal romance is the shit yeah yeah the song, song is good and it's also I, mu- music-y it's got the really weird buzzcocks cover at the end that's like death metal like overprocessed black metal vocals and then like sparse random electronic noises yeah so and it's like eight minutes long i don't get it all these songs are relatively long except for like a few just like sprinkled in here and there they're like five minute songs at least mm-hmm. yeah yeah there's a couple of two and three seems like the, they scale all- up yeah, for sure. Talking about triangles, yeah, lots a lot. of triangles through through this album. Quite a few, I noticed. What's ESP's the, 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 weird? The one you're talking about—that's the cover—is that that looks like metal, harsh metal sounds, but then it, at the end it turns around and becomes like MIDI cowboy music. Yeah, and it just—I don't necessarily think it needs to be on the album. To be honest with you, <laughs> I think but. it's fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's, oh, the it, end is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Yes, what? There was just screaming. 
<laughs> yeah. What more? More so. Why was this? Where? Why was the screaming? Why did that happen before this? What the fuck? Sensory deprivation tunnels. So why is uh, this a buzz? Yeah. But wait, so what'd you think about the new Motmos album? I think it was a Buzzcock song. <laughs> it was. Holy, Holy canole! Shit. You're right. That's how it ends. Perfect. You're a legend. Uh. Okay. Okay, we're 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 getting into getting into the real stuff here. Oh we're getting my into God. some real heavy uh serious music is what's about to happen. We're talking about when you just, you know, get together oh with your God. with your friends and your lovers and you just say you just get around and do some laundry <laughs> and get the microphone. Ultimate care too. Let's do laundry. <laughs> oh my god, this album. <clears throat> I love this like- album. <laughs> Uh, the the different excerpts have been literally the different loads, like your whites and your. <laughs> yeah, when this thing first came out, I was excited. I was like, "This is fucking great." Are you serious? Motmos' new album is about a washing machine. Let's go, and it's one track. It's divided up on all the streaming services, yeah. but it's one track. It's supposed to be. That makes sense. It's supposed to be a thirty-eight minute. It's a, it's laundry. <laughs> yeah, well, it's literally laundry, right? Right. It even ends with the. Well, it starts Wait, with the, dialing the 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 knob. Yeah. So it does. It they did it go out with the intent to make this a washing machine album. I only I did not read anything about this album. I listened to it and I was like, wow! I just did my laundry. Yeah, I, the cover. I the cover is even like a washing machine. What? Is that what it is? I couldn't yeah. tell. That it's beat up. I think. Yeah. I think there was was also like. Well, a, did you uh, hear what they were putting in the washing machine? <laughs> like, I'm sure it's beat up. <laughs> I guess it's fair. I, I think there was a even like a a gallery tour. Like I would say, it's very an artistic like representation. I I like know there was marble. more. There was more. Uh, when this came out, I remember seeing more photos of the washing machine with the weird, like, abnormal cutaways going on in it uh, from, like, different angles. Like different I thought shapes. this album was great. I'm not going to lie. Is. Oh, it's like, a good one. Yeah. For a project to do that and make that decision and just all of the water sounds and the slopping and the things beating against the the machine it's just really fascinating and it and it really comes through as a whole unified piece which is impressive as well for it being like 38 minutes or whatever 40 minutes long uh, this album also <clears throat> has uh Dan Deacon on it and one of the members of Half Japanese that's rad some, so yeah that's some quarter japanese yeah yeah probably <laughs> Probably something like that. <laughs> uh, where are we at? What's happening? Not Jed Fair though. It's not that guy. It's the other guy. Of course, it feels Jack like is. it feels like these <laughs> this these last three albums though they are far apart from one another. And especially with I'm not trying to move away from Ultimate Care necessarily, but Ultimate Care to Plastic Anniversary and the Consuming Flame all seem very. Bizarrely, without any lyrics, very concerned about environment oh, and man. like space in the world. Like uh, the cover art of Plastic Anniversary is horrifying, you know. 
plastic anniversary is amazing. <laughs> like that one to me, such so a good album, good. Like and that, yes, that 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 cover is terrifying, but it's yeah. also so cool. Like that album to me was when that one came on after listening to Ultimate Care was like, whoa, okay, now I'm on board. Let's go. This was this was a good one. This is uh, like some top tier electronic, like modern electronic shit. I think this is as far as like you could put on the on the plastic anniversary and go for a jog, sit around and do yeah, nothing, read a I book, like multi just doesn't matter. You could put this on for just about whatever, except for maybe having a nice dinner with the folks. They probably wouldn't want maybe. this. Maybe if you have this? it slow on a hi-fi, like pretty low on a hi-fi, maybe it's, it'll just feed the atmosphere. This album feels like it synthesizes their entire career in a really thoughtful way. Like it uses all the techniques, but like way tighter and way together. Like it, it feels whole from one song to the next, like from one jittery, caffeinated high to the next like swallowing plastic pills or whatever's going on here and rubbing latex and all the things that they do it just feels like it's super appropriate and like as a whole project like it's unified where some of the other stuff seems a little scatterbrained here and there and like their ability to switch from one song to the next and inside of a song where you're like wait am i on track three or am i on track six those kinds of things like feel less prevalent and present in this album and I think that that speaks to, like, after so many years of making this kind of music, like, very specifically a bizarre, eccentric brand of electronic music that falls into, you know, this category. It's a very impressive piece two years ago. You know, like, normally you don't make your best album at number 10. You don't normally make the, the great art. You're normally done by album four. So that they made it this far 20 years later 22 years later and produced this album is also striking i uh would also like to point out you'll enjoy the i mean robert you just you love deer hoof so i'm saying you i know perry you'll enjoy this too but uh the drummer for deer hoof is on this album no oh, well plastic anniversary yeah yep. of Can course I? he is hell yeah, yeah <laughs> hell yeah well, son yeah. <laughs> again uh, that I, tracks this this also this also does mark uh, parts where I'm like, is there drumming? Is somebody drumming on something, or is that a that doesn't sound like a computer drum machine? That does that's that's not like a drum machine. Is that are they actually just drumming on something? What the fuck is happening? No, they're just billiard balls, man. Don't worry. <laughs> oh okay. Oh, but it's no, it's the the drummer from Deerhoof drumming on billiards balls with plastic sticks and some shit. Probably, probably, who knows. This album gives me fanfare for polyethylene waste containers, guys. That's what this album does for me. <laughs> this, uh, when you were saying the the, it seems like they're going into this phase of environmental awareness. Um, it does kind of remind me of of the band Coil. They kind of remind me of the band Coil, uh, not just in the as like in the aspect that they're a, a duo, sure, but with the idea that a lot of their albums start to seem to have. A, a a concept or like a point artistically that they can be like yeah well it's like this because we're talking about 
AIDS epidemic. We're talking about climate change and and uh, plastic pollutions or whatever. And that that's a similarity that that these two groups do have, where they're these obscure, known to be underground and known to be like less accessible electronic musicians that they they start to present a concept behind their albums. Uh, it's a concept album. That's, hey, it's it's cool. Having no, it's really cool. Having no lyrics and almost feeling like punk rock and being music like this is fucking weird to me. Like that I feel like I'm sort of listening to punk music. Like it's like, it's sort of like fuck you to a system even though there's no, no one's telling me how to feel that way. To feel that way. Why do I feel that way or how to feel that way? It just seems like they're always sort of like bucking the system and being like we're you know a couple of gay men which makes us different than many people in the world you know who are like concerned about the space and time we're in and we're making this like challenging music that make you think and like i mean the last track on this album is just it sounds like just someone's like you know playing with like plastic foil it's like just like whisk it's it's not a song it that is not music and it is not a song that last track (laughs) is just like like wind blowing through plastic waste and it's just like a really interesting decision and it's super cool it's like a it's a cool outro it's amazing well it really like four minutes long concept yeah um yeah it's not everyone gets away with that though that's what i'm saying it's like you don't get to put that on an album and then i at the end go that was smart like you know (laughs) like i don't normally go that was well done like that's it, it you know like having that Having that kind of that kind of tension all of the time uh, is important and significant. I love, and I like you I love know that I was, he uses himself as the base, and that and that the fact that it's amazingly true too. <laughs> like, I, no, I just I just it's so true. That's the best part about it. I love the idea of a host on Is It Worse Than Three Eleven going, "Wow, that was smart about something they listened to." <laughs> I feel like half the time that's our we're just like, "Wow, we just listened to some dumb shit." <laughs> I, I really appreciate this group. I really think they're fascinating and they're so little known. Like, I'm surprised. I, like, as I said earlier on in the podcast, it's bizarre that I did I not mean, know more of this. I'm so really little surprised. Known, but also tour with Bjork. Yeah, I was like, but also yeah. help make some of Bjork's best music. Vespertine is one of the good, one of her great albums, I'm pretty sure. Like, get. <laughs> I. I also, I mean, there's a large percentage of people that you say something about Bjork and they literally go, nobody knows who the fuck Bjork is. So You're like, what? So weird. Well, it's just, that's weird. I mean, I know that she's like, she's old now and like she was like a 90s, 2000 star. But yeah, like, but even if I didn't like, even uh, prior to like us having listened to her, like I'd still heard her and knew of Bjork, you know? Yeah. It, I mean, but you know. Have you ever had people like say that like, oh, like I'm too old or too young to know that? And you're like, uh, I'm too young to know about World War Two, but I know about World War Two. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. too young to know about Eric Clapton. Like, no, you're not. He's still around doing racist shit, dude. Yeah, that, that exists. Yeah. I'm too young to know about Led Zeppelin. Like, what? No, you're not. Everyone who's fucking Led Zeppelin is like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> right, get out of here. I've had that's not, that's that not how that, that works. Yep. <laughs> That's like, it, it, wait, wait, you're, you, that, that information's available. You could get it at any point in time. Oh, it does no. not matter I'm what too, you're in. But, but, but to be that. fair though, listening habits have changed for that generation. So our True. generation did have more radio t- 
tinged music. Like, meaning that, like, we had to listen to things that weren't the music we wanted to. Like, people had, like, CD players in their car that they would plug in. You know what I mean? Like, we had, Dude, like, if we was, were doing yeah. that, we, we, had, we couldn't store it until later on. It took a while before we got to that technology. Well, yeah, Whereas these kids can go. That re- Recorded shit off the radio and would get pissed yeah, off and when like the, yeah. VHS the DJ to VHS transfer, sure. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, you son of a bitch, yeah. But but the kids now though, like if if Spotify puts in their algorithm because they've been listening to uh, No Name or whatever, or Billie Eilish is like, you're gonna love Florist. Like then they don't have to ever run into say Bjork or uh, we start you know, staying in a bubble, yeah. Kate Bush. Yeah. Well, it's just, I mean, like, it's not going to, that's not the kind of music but, they're listening to, so the algorithm's not going to boost that artist, you know? So it does just, make a little bit of sense. It's it's a little bizarre to me, in the, uh, the uh, only in the aspect of, like, I'm too young to know this is is silly to me, because it's like the opposite of, I'm too old to know young lean or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, but, like, the, these are the same and like the that shit gets is being sampled like that's most of this music is sample based music mm-hmm. that, yeah that like the younger generation is listening to but now they're and sampling they're, sampled music it's fucking it's, weird it's like when we were talking about sublime and it was like fuck okay yeah i listened to that when i was a kid because mm-hmm. it was on mtv and it was fucking pushed down our throats on the radio and shit and even though like maybe i was more into like a punk rock scene and went after underground music that was still kind of part of that so like when that happened though all everybody that listened to sublime was like oh yo it's got a fucking easy e sample i'm going to go listen to easy e he's singing about krs1 guys I'm going to go listen to KRS-One now because it's got to be better than this fucking junkie turd in California. <laughs> yeah, it's real hip hop, dude. Uh, and like, I don't feel like, I feel like maybe that's missing to some degree nowadays. Like, like I don't, I don't think they're going and, and being like, yeah, I am going to check out this old shit. They're like, nah, throw some auto tune on top of that fucking run DMC beat. Go. I, I don't want to listen to that. I want to listen to the auto tune. Turn that on. Tell me about drinking lean. But also, like, if they Fortnite. if they don't tell you what the sample is, like as a person, like not knowing how music is made, I think that like you know when you don't know something like that, you might not have know that when you hear uh, "Drive Slow" by Kanye West, you're hearing a slowed down version of an old R and B song. You know what I mean? Like you don't know that that's happening. So I think that still like younger people, if they aren't musicians, especially aren't going to have that same curiosity. Like, I mean, like how many of these goofy ass older dudes that are still popular, like Eminem or something who samples like born in the USA or some (laughs) dumb shit in their songs, like crappy old rock songs or hair metal songs or whatever shitty ass beat, you know, like the kids aren't going, Oh, that's a song that I would recognize. They're just like, Oh cool. Wow. He sampled a thing. Like they don't know shit. I mean, I'm not trying to say that they're not smart. I'm just saying that they're not, they're not, engaged in it the way that like say you and i or perry or anybody else any of us are so right i mean i i didn't know when i was a kid i was dumb i didn't know about right oh exactly well yeah everybody thinks they're super smart when you're young i mean i i also got pretentious for music after playing a fuck ton of music and then listening to a fuck ton of music that i used to say i hated like country music like going back and like, like back in the, if, when I first started listening to music, when I first started playing music, if you would have said, how about some Hank Williams? I'd be like, no, 
<laughs> fuck that. Fuck no. Fuck. Fuck no. I like and all music at, but rap and country. <laughs> and then at some point, it got to be like, well, can I, how do you play that? How do you play country? You know, I play this guitar. How the fuck do I play country on this? Like, this acoustic guitars are made for that shit. You know what I mean? Or whatever. And then you go listen to it. And after a while, you're like, oh, okay, I see. There's like a craft here. There's like skill. There's thought. There's there's more than just, I don't like that it goes boom, 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 because I don't. But fucking, that's like a place to build upon it. And as a kid, like, no, man, I fucking would have given that to me when I was 14. I would have been like, fuck you. Play it faster. Like, get angry about it. Distort it. I want distortion. I want crazy effects. I want feedback. I want it fast. I want you to fucking, like, break your fingers playing your fucking guitar. Break that fucking guitar while you're playing it. I don't want country. I don't want doodah dad over here fucking telling me about how his dog ran away and there's a fucking hole in his bucket. What the fuck do I care? And then he fast forward like 10. Yeah, 10 years later, though, I'm like, you know, that fiddle player, though. Wow, I mean, those guys could fiddle like a motherfucker back then. Holy shit, you don't hear playing like that now. Hank Williams has got some dudes just, like, sawing on a fucking fiddle. Killing it. I mean, there's... But the thing about it, too, is, like, when you're introduced to some of these things, you get introduced through, like, the popular variant of it, not where it, like, originated from. And so it's like... it. If you listen to modern country, it's sort of garbage in a way, like big and rich or something like that, like bastardizations of like what country music is. Oh. Like, I mean, you, I'm just saying <laughs> that, like, me. I'm gonna, you know, I like Towns go grab Van a shot Sa- of Redneck Riviera. I'll be right back. Oh, for sure. <laughs> something like Towns Van Zant, or like you said, Hank Williams, or even like Woody Guthrie, dude. Like these old uh, musicians, and then like it gets you into the blues if you're listening I was to gonna country. Say, you start getting bluegrass blues kind of thrown in around. Yeah, a lot like more. Yeah. Roots music is interesting. I don't always love it, right? Like, I, I fuck Zydeco, dude, like, super big. But, um, you know, like, uh, there's, like, this... I know it, you say that. Uh, that's because you live down in New Orleans. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying that, like, there's certain kinds of Roots music that, like, I don't like, but I still appreciate it. Like, if a Zydeco band's playing, I don't be like, oh, no, I'm just... But I'm not going to seek it out, you know? But, like, brass bands and stuff, there's this, like, there's this kind of music that... This American Roots music that's amazing, and there's all these, like, grotesque pop like turds that are handed to us and they're like here look at this roots music and you're like brother that's not the roots music you just gave me some gross polished turds from some yeah. rich ass company that just wants to pump out quote unquote hits you know but <sighs> yeah know. and then when you say you don't like that shit all of a sudden you don't like country right yeah. <laughs> right no i like country i just don't like what you're listening to uh i'm not gonna save a horse ride a cowboy uh sorry about that speaking of uh as, a, as robert was making his point and i rudely walked away on my own show <laughs> i went to uh get the bottle of redneck riviera whiskey that's our uh, sponsor now today this is uh listen to that <laughs> bottle uh sample was sampling that yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's some Motmo shit right there. Uh, look, uh, John Rich from Big and Rich, the country band that saves a horse and rides a cowboy. Uh, he probably does too. Save a horse, this, this. ride the convoy. 
This is a, oh, no, no. It's a, my, my body, my choice. Ain't no government going to tell me. Uh, this, this is a 40% alcohol, 80 proof uh, whiskey blend. It's a 95% American light whiskey aged two years and a 5% American whiskey aged at least one year that is bottled in Portland, Oregon for Redneck Riviera Whiskey Co., Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, It's completely distilled by some other company. I don't remember the name of it. I don't care. It claims to be uh, notes of vanilla, oak, caramel, and a touch of honey. And it tastes like they poured vanilla extract into bad whiskey that wasn't done aging. And then uh, uh, added some gasoline to it. You're giving me heartburn just describing this, man. Oh, my God. For that extra kick. (laughs) Look, when you're down on the Redneck Riviera, you work hard, you play hard. Give See? me some Heaven Hill, dude. Skip that, dude. Yeah, <laughs> go get some fucking wild turkey. Fucking A. Plastic uh, half pints of Heaven's Hill is probably way better than Big and Rich's grotesque-sounding vanilla uh, whiskey. I'll take, uh, like, Ezra Brooks, even. Oh, that, dude. F yeah, man. Know? It makes me think of Circus Pig and Giovanni big time. That man was always drinking Ezra Brooks. Yo. They love Ezra Brooks for a well out here in Seattle. Or is it Evan Williams? Evan he Williams, drank probably. Both. He drank both. Though. Yeah. I remember yeah. Ezra Brooks because it was overproof. It was like... Yo, that's right. It was like 100 proof instead of 80 proof. Man, Gio so, loved that shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We got crazy. I, I got... I don't know how many times that man would be like, Hey! And he'd roll in with like... A fifth or two, like we're going, guys. Yeah. I was like, ah, ah. Perry, you don't, you don't know this guy. He's the the ringleader of Circus Pig, uh. so he would be the guy. He had like this big jacket that he like hot glued shoulder pads onto with tassels, <laughs> and uh, it, it, like the pockets would fit a fifth. And so, like this dude, he's kind of like, kind of like not not like short, but like a little stout and kind of burly. Yeah, so, and really, like yeah. super jo- like jovial all the time. Like when he Great sees mustache, you, he's just like, like bouncing. Yeah, awesome mustache, like with the curls and beard. stuff. Yeah, fucking. Uh, uh, yeah. This dude would like once he got into circus pig would like bound up to you at a party in like a top hat and this stupid jacket with a fifth in either side. Just like reach into the jacket and pull out a fucking fifth and just like hand it to you. And that would be how we would you just like, hey, and then like you'd have a fifth in your hand and you'd be like, why the fuck is there a fifth of Ezra Brooks in my hand? That's you how all, I met him. He wore. He, he handed me a fifth. Don't forget, though, he also in that outfit at times, especially when he was being persona on, in, in the band, would wear those American, uh, the American flag like underwear. And he was just like, yeah. like nuts and balls it's, out. It's just like. <laughs> So, I mean, he was so good. <laughs> he yeah, was, was the so best. Good. I love that guy. Like, 100% deep down, he's an amazing human being. Like, button-up shirt, red, white, and blue, stars and stripes, fucking tight fucking bathing suit. Yeah. It was like a bikini bottom. <laughs> yeah. So good, dude. Yeah. Just, and, and then, he's, like, and then, fur, he's a furry man, so it's just, like, hair everywhere, dude. Oh, I love that guy amazing. so much. One of my favorite people. I would love to get him on the show. I just I think he's way too, way, way, way too busy. 
Yeah. I haven't talked to him in a minute. So, uh, anyway, go listen to Circus Pig, though. A uh, new Circus Pig coming out later this year. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Day in the Life of Vagina the Clown. A, a video album, if you will. A movie. Short film. Heck yeah. Uh, yeah, beside the point. Giovanni's not even on that album. Uh, <laughs> the, the Consuming Flame. Oh, Open yes. exercises in group form. Actually, there was two more soft pink. Whatever. What is it called? Soft pink truth. The soft pink truth. Man, it's a bad name. Uh, it's silly. It's just silly as all. There's the the soft pink truth album that you kind of like, right, Robert? With the metal covers. The, the metal covers, yeah. The, I, I kind of like the music better in that one. I just, they're metal covers and it upsets me. <laughs> I don't need those i just don't need those that's fair uh and then but they did another album just before this motmos album came out and it's like one track basically but it's several tracks and they all sound kind of the same kind of like that pharaoh sanders album that came out last year okay uh okay yeah. there it is there's yeah, they, that i can't remember the shining yeah because then don't they break down the tracks to like, well, if it's one track, but then they're on streaming, it's broken down, and it's like each one's the title of the track. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, or that's out there. You can go listen to that. Yeah. I think this is more like it is several tracks, but they're all the sound. They're, they're the same. Like they're, they're they're the same idea. You know, it's like this voice, it's these voices doing this sound with these notes, and they're all. Like that, but then it's a little bit different each time. Like maybe it starts off with the drums and the drums do a thing and then the voice comes in or maybe it's a bass note that starts it off instead, but that's like the whole thing. Uh, it's okay. I don't hate that for Soft Pink. From out of all the albums, I listened to that one. It's like, oh, this isn't goofy as all fuck. Great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for fucking making something that's just a little less fucking goofy for once. Black metal. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, then they release a three-hour three hour Motmos album. I think it's three discs. It is I think three we're discs. Looking at it. it's, a, it's a trip triple yeah. album. Triple album. Yeah. I was not ready for that. It was all like, dude, dude, man, I'm making good time. Oh, you son of yeah. a bitch. JK LOL. <laughs> it's a uh, really good. It's really good. It's really, really good. I'd say it's it's like the next step from uh plastic anniversary as far as the sound being focused. It's a little more all over the place back to that, but like since it's so sprawling, I kind of expect that and I kind of leave room for that. And I feel like there's parts in this album where um, the next track seems like it flows in from the last track and seems like it's just the next iteration of the track before it. And I enjoy that. Um, there's some weird humor in this one that isn't my favorite thing, as I've said over and over about. But like the song, I'm fine, I'm fine. Where it's just like these like weird, depressing samples that are modulated and like, it's like every time he talks, he says something stupid, but like it doesn't sound like that, you know, like it sounds like almost like it's working into the music, but it's still playing off of the themes of the last song. 
Or there's like a rhythmic track that passed through or like a certain like synthesizer sound that's still from the previous track. Uh, just a bizarre, just a really long, bizarre album. <laughs> um, there's one track that stuck out particularly that has like vocal samples and it's called Platformalism and like it starts off with a Netflix or like HBO like sound effect and then it's like Netflix and then he's like talk like talking about Netflix and Twitter and Tinder and like 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 the vanity of like what we do in like the modern world like and it almost comes off not condescending and like a bunch of dads who are upset with their kids on their phones but it comes off as a kind of like a couple of dads upset about their kids on their phones. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys know the one I'm talking about, but it's like particularly like stood out on this album because like normally when they wait, like when I feel like the dive into like politics and I say politics and environmentalism, like their idea, their philosophies seem to be like something that you have to like, like read into a little bit. And this is like, just like grotesquely straightforward in my mind, because normally they're very subtle about their approach to specific ideas and, and spaces with their sound effects and like the minimalism when the maximalism and like the disturbances and the like freaky, you know, sound effects. But like this one was like, yeek. All right. Well, you guys, you know, once in a while, you gotta, you know, you gotta give it a shot. It made me laugh. Like I laughed. I was like, eh, sort of cringe but maybe it was supposed to be cringe you know and so it is 2020 after all sure sure Uh, that that's kind of where i felt with most of the weird vocal samples that would come out maybe not to that degree not to the degree with with the subject matter that they're talking about but even just what they were saying in in this album the the vocal samples that they chose were were like oh you took that one like all this there was some like F bombs, not 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 the bad F bomb. Like fuck, where they said fuck and it was like whoa 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 Motmos. Wait, there's Did a bad F bomb. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, there's a bad F bomb. There's a there's yeah. a real bad F bomb. You have to let me know that one. I can't think of one offhand. <laughs> That's good. That's good. We'll leave it at that. Uh, off air. Off air. Yeah. So anyway. The 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 samples were a little strange, but I found the music to be uh, more focused and and more uh, engaging than their early 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 works. I didn't even realize One O Tricks was on this album until just now. I didn't either. One O yep. Tricks is on two tracks: "Out of the Serpent's Mouth" on the third album and "Warm Opening" on the third album. Huh. It makes sense that they'd work with One O Tricks. He's got he's got a vibe that I could see them wanting to to screw around with. I I almost guarantee that he has some influence from them. Oh, absolutely. It feels like if you're if you're this these kinds of dudes are so underground in a in a real way, but then also like are not like one of the guys writes for Pitchfork. Um, they performed at, at Pitchfork Festival, which, like, I feel like at this point, like, if you've done things with Pitchfork in your indie, quote-unquote, I mean, Pitchfork is the Rolling Stones of indie. Like, it's not a little magazine, it's not a little space, it means a lot. So, like, they're, they're underground, but they're also, like, very present in a, in a certain way, and I feel like the kind of people I that mean, would dig through crates would end up with a Matmos album that are like, ah, oh, dude, They're, they're currently on stuff. Thrill Jockey. 
You know, you're not you're like thrill jockey. Yeah. That's like one of the most well-known quote unquote underground labels out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then the other one too, what there's two album uh Matador they were on Thrill Jockey. Well, say that again. Is it is is Matador the other one they were on? I got uh, maybe thrill jockey, thrill jockey. I know it's right here. Yeah, Matador. Those are huge yeah. little labels. Those are like yeah. If you you're doing well if you're on Thrill Jockey or Matador, let alone both of them at any point in time. Like I mean, I think Matador was Arcade Fire before they like signed to some giant ass label. Like Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you're right. And now Thrill Jockey like uh last week I talked about that body album that's on Thrill Jockey fucking Oh god, I can't even think of half the like uh, half the bands I listened to are on Thrill Jockey at one time. Tortoise. <laughs> yeah. You say Boris? Tor- tortoise. Tortoise. Tortoise, yeah. Yeah. Tortoise. Tortoise. Turquoise. Turk Turquoise. Our man uh Turquoise. Perry wasn't there for that one. Twas not. No, that was a good one though. I highly yeah. recommend going back and listening to Turquoise. Tortoise. 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 All right. I think that's. What are, what are we what are we saying here? So Matmos is worse than 311? <laughs> Matmos is the worst cover band of 311 I have ever heard. Matmos is one of the worst bands. Uh, uh, obviously, they're not worse than 311. There's no possible by, way. By quite a bit, not so much. Skip Motmos and just listen to the soft pink truth, because <laughs> uh, it's all worse than three eleven. This is the worst thing we've ever reviewed. It's just clicks and whistles and uh, bad audio samples, and I just can't stand it. Do you like music? Because if you do, you're not gonna like this group. Because is it music? I don't know. I'm not smart enough to That's understand. That's up to you. It's uh, just derivative, but yeah, no, this this band is good. Yeah, no, it's, yep, this good. band's real good. Good group, good group. Real, go listen to Motmos. Go listen. Good, it's all good. Pretty good. Good stuff. Listen uh, next me. week, next week, we're doing an Amber Alert. Oh, is it it's my Amber Robert's Alert pick? It's your Amber Alert. We're doing it. It's our Tight. our mid month special, and the special this time is. An Amber Alert, because it's quick and it's easy for us to do. <laughs> uh, and we don't have any guests lined up. I could try to get a guest, I guess. If anybody wants to come on the show. I, Let uh, us know. Ass, but, yeah, go ahead and get call in. Fucking Call in. After that, though, I can't... Is, we had to switch it, right? It's is next the week after that, Rob Zombie. It's supposed I'm, to I'm be. Going to but I'm going right to take a look right So it's going to be Dolly. Oh, Dolly Parton. Okay. It's going to be Dolly Parton. Then. Oh, I'm missing out on Dolly gonna, Parton too. Damn. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you can still do the listen. <laughs> no, like, I, I'd love time. to try to try to record, but there's just no possible way. Like. That day is actually my birthday and my grandma's birthday, and we're going up oh. there for a birthday party type of thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, 
She Dolly Parton just released a new album too. Also, yeah, this did. is gonna be. I'm gonna. St- I'm gonna have to start listening to that shit like right now because. Yeah, uh, that's why I was asking because I didn't start soon enough for Motmos with the Sublime special in between, and I should have, and I didn't spend enough time. So I want to get started right away. Despite your your Amber Alert, which we'll we'll do next week. That's, yeah, sure. And I mean that's one that's album, but I mean Dolly Parton only has forty eight albums, so. Oh fuck! <laughs> I should have started a month ago. <laughs> oh man, we... it's gonna be like share all over again, except oh, way better. And country, it's gonna be country. Oh, Dolly Parton, I'm excited about Dolly Parton. It's gonna be good. I'm, I'm, I'm really psyched. Also, she's super dope, and like all of the things that she's been doing recently, where like funding libraries and funding, uh, she's just cool, man. Dolly Parton's cool. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't care what anyone says you can't take that from Dolly Parton she's cool dude I was uh actually just recently talking with a bartender homie in the area about the Broadway production slash movie uh nine to five and how I didn't realize that nine to five was a soundtrack and not just a Dolly Parton album because it's one of my I I love it I love that song at least you know and uh, I listen to the album every now and then uh fucking uh now I have an excuse to watch Dolly Parton in the movie Nine to Five. I didn't know that that was Tom, she was in a movie, Tomlin, and I'm gonna make know? Nancy watch it with oh, me. Oh man, yeah. I don't know shit about Dolly it's Parton to be honest with you. Like, I just know that like I I went we went to uh, Dollywood uh, and like rode the you know the rides and like went to her like there's like a museum with all of like these like out her outfits and their amazing outfits and like whatever you know. Um, jealous That's pretty dope, it's dude. cool and it's like a cool area but like she, she seems like <laughs> yeah. an interesting person i i uh skipped dollywood one time i was gonna go to dollywood and then the person i was with was like fuck that we're gonna keep driving we're gonna hit the mountains and we were like fuck yeah let's hit the mountains and so we fucking pass up dollywood and we keep driving right but then we got to fucking uh gatlinburg okay and you gotta drive through yeah. To get to the fucking mountain, uh, we didn't make it. Oh man, we saw Rip- we that area is gorgeous. Believe it or not, yeah, I know. There's like a giant state park. I can't think of the name of it. Yeah, I can't either off offhand. But that's what we were going to. I mean, it's and huge. It's, it's instead, so big. we stopped and like wasted time. Just wasted so much fucking time in Gatlinburg. And then we left, and we were like, "That sucked." <laughs> we didn't see, we didn't go to Dolly, and we didn't go see the mountains. Like, what the fuck yeah, is wrong yeah. with us? We just stopped at this like grotesque, like outdoor shopping area full of Confederate flags oh, and like an what was an out of place Ben and Jerry's. What's striking about that area to me? What was the most striking detail? Two things actually. One was the amount of flapjack pancake places, like. All of the, there's like a hundred different places of fucking selling Flat pancakes. Jack. And then next to that would be like this whole roast, like literally like, like three miles it felt like of businesses that had go-karts. Like every other, it was Flapjack sure. Pancake Canyon and then it was fucking go-karts. And then Flapjack Pancake Canyon oh, yeah. too and then go-karts too. It was like, what is going on in this well, town, dude? And the, and the other thing was it, it would probably have go-karts and but there was sometimes the or the shows, the like yeah, it looked like dinner Vegas-y dinner and a weirdly. show, yeah, yeah. But like and just t- a strip the, the for Tennessee like a long version. way, like miles. Yeah. yeah, it's gross. 
it's I guess real we, fucking stupid and touristy. So dumb. But then you get out of it and you're in like the Catskills, so. <laughs> so. <laughs> also think about that. That's like that's like where the mountain people drive to for a nice time. For uh, you know, like a time in the city. That's where, the red, lobs- that's where the red lobster is. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. That sure is. Get them cheddar biscuits, son. <sighs> well, we're going to watch the tune Do- in Dolly, Dolly Parton, Parton episode review. where we talk shit about Tennessee. I don't know. <laughs> Tennessee's beautiful, two, actually. Two weeks from now. Two weeks from now. Two, tune in next yeah, yeah. week when we're going to talk about Robert's Amber Pick. It's an Amber album, an album that he likes, something he likes. You know, we like to talk about things we like. So when you look at my Twitter, you're not just like, this guy hates everything. Uh,. <laughs> Because it's just Kanye, mostly, and Dave Grohl that I hate, <laughs> mostly. Uh, website, is it worse than dot com, blah, blah, blah. We still haven't updated it. Super sorry, we will. Uh, I got stuff, trashpitchcity.com, blah, 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 trash bugs, blah, blah, blah. I'll make some more of those, I swear, I will. Uh, I just released a uh, single. You can go listen to the single by Splattercaster, but now it's just S with a symbol and an R it's hard to find. It's not, it's just droney shit. It's noise. So whatever you don't care anyway, it's tight. Listen uh, to it. Pig crack records. You can go to pig crack records. That's that stuff. That's there. And, uh, got some new stuff from goat bones coming up and that circus pig and the next week. And then the week after that and tune in then, and then you can just go to fucking hell and get the fuck off my fucking show. Go bye. See ya. <laughs> Uh...